This is episode 52 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your hosts, Tim Bowen. Then the other thing that I will beat to death is... And Steven Johnson. I've heard him say it more times than I've heard my mother say I love you. Um, <laughs> Today we're covering part two of Tim Sykes' 14-part Trader Checklist series, available for free on YouTube. So let's get right to that. But before we go there, let's dip into the listener mailbag. Today's question comes from Akash. And Akash wants to know, how important is VWAP? And what are the advantages of high-volume versus low-volume stocks? Hello, Tim. My name is Akash. I want to ask you the question about the VWAP. What is, what are the, what is, how much uh, VWAP is important and how to use it particularly. And I just want to ask you that large volume large volume stocks are um, good to make money or the uh, low volume because in low volume there is a very less volatility and uh, it is difficult it is difficult to uh, know the trend uh, compared to the high volume stocks so i just want to know from you that which is the best uh, trick to play uh, with the um, uh, low volume stocks and uh, the importance of the level 2 and how to read the level 2 uh, level 2 uh, while trading uh, that's it from my side please I, i'm waiting for your reply so akash really asks for tim to answer this but i will be the riveting precursor uh, to tim's answer and basically akash asked uh, what is the significance of VWAP? How much attention should we pay to it? And, and how much should we kind of reference it? And then he was kind of dealing with how much should he give value to high volume stocks compared to low volume stocks in, in regards to uh, what to look at and in, in terms of volatility. And he also added a little bit on about the importance of level two and how to read it. Now, I think I can answer each of these questions in one sentence. Starting with the golden boy, Tim Grittani, it was advice that I saw on a challenge webinar. Uh, VWAP is really increasingly an important trend, and it certainly has been over the last few years. And the most important and best way to use it as a beginner, I think, is to really, when you're looking at VWAP, when the stock and the ticker and the chart and the price is over VWAP, you know that the buyers are in control. And when it's under VWAP, you know that the sellers are in control. And I think the most fundamental way of using it is to just really determined whether bulls or bears are in control of the stock pattern as a reference point. And I don't think it should be really used as much more than just one indicator to, to have an overall picture of what's going on. Uh, in terms of volume, I would really, really stay away from the, the 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 shares traded on each day uh, kind of stocks because, I mean, one, you will jump out of your window frustrated with the absolute lack of price movement. But equally on the flip side, it all depends when you're trading the higher volume. You definitely want volatility as a day trader. Uh, but you, when it becomes, if you're short selling, you do not want low float, high volume because anything can happen. It can be unpredictable. And you've got that kind of DIYS a few years back, $5 to 120. Uh, so you've got to be careful if you're shorting low float, high volume. But if you're, if you're on the long, I think volume is, is kind of your friend once you can adapt to it. And in terms of level two, I would almost say don't, it's good as a gate, but I wouldn't read too much into it because I think too many traders, especially new traders, they pay too much information and they pay too much, uh, too much attention to level two. 
they put too much emphasis on it and they get shaken out of uh, the smaller picture when they really should be focusing on the bigger picture. And if you've got a plan, you should never get shook out on level two. Man, Stephen, that was very well put. <laughs> Not only did you remember all three of his questions, you gave very good answers to all three of them. So yeah, I just can't follow them myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, so no, great questions. And I'm just going to sprinkle a little bit of salt bay salt on them. And um, when it comes to VWAP, yeah, totally agree with, obviously, how do you argue with Grittani? But, you know, the one thing I always remind everyone is, you know, VWAP is the hot indicator of the last couple of years. I don't, most of us don't really care about what the indicator is. It's just whether or not it's, it's trendy, whether or not it's in play, because it then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So yes, listen to what Steven said. Yes, have VWAP on every one of your chart, but it is just a small piece of the pie. But everybody, I mean, every momentum trader, you know, if there's a million day traders in the world, 999,999 of them have VWAP on their charts. High volume versus low volume. Avoid, avoid, avoid low volume. I've been there many times. You know, sometimes we'll trade these stocks that are insane day one. You hold them overnight and the volume is just completely gone. You can actually end up trading against yourself because, I mean, let's say you're long you might be the only seller in this stock. And every time you sell, you know, a couple hundred or a thousand shares, the stock price drops on you. You, you will actually trade against yourself. So avoid the low volume stuff. Yeah, nothing less than a million shares a day. And Steven nailed it on the level two stuff. I mean, ultimately, I think so many new guys see all those numbers, all the colors, everything jumping around, and they start thinking it's the matrix and you can somehow interpret more than what is there. Should you watch it? Should you grow and get familiar with it? Yes. But as a new trader, if you're staring at that level two versus the price and volume, you need to shut that level two off and focus on price and volume. Hey there, Steady Trade listeners. Want to know how guys like Tim Grittani and Tim Bowen followed in the footsteps of Tim Sykes, earning financial security and beyond by day trading penny stocks? Do you want to see if you have what it takes, even if your name isn't Tim? No. Then why not check out the Timothy Sykes Trading Challenge, where you can be personally mentored by these guys and other successful traders. If you're interested, and if you have what it takes, go to timothysykes.com and let them know that you want to work directly with Tim Sykes today. Welcome back to another episode of the Steady Trade Podcast, and we are on a special, special run. And we're talking about uh, the Trader Checklist DVD by Tim Sykes, one of my favorite DVDs, one of Tim Bowen's favorite DVDs. It's free to the public. It's on YouTube. Just Google search trader checklist and keep in mind that we have a fun quiz at the end so make sure you're paying attention and make sure you watch the dvd there are prizes on offer uh we, we really were, were previously if you haven't seen the last episode jump back where we reviewed the basics and in, in, in the introduction to the dvd in this episode we're going to talk about tim sykes's inspiration some of the indicators and we're going to get a little bit into the tim sykes sliding scale so let's Rocket, unless Tim Bone has anything to say other than the fact that he needs a haircut. 
No, I was actually impressed that you remembered all of the bullets that the the producer gave you, and and and, and that's an on, no, it's an honest compliment because as you were saying them, I was saying to myself, "Oh crap, I would have forgot to do that if I I, I was doing the introduction." So that's an honest compliment. That is not a sarcastic compliment. No, but honestly, can I just say that uh, the thing is, do you know how? And this is random as shit, but do you know how people can learn to improve their memories and they have memory techniques. Where like you'll say you'll say you'll have fifty cards and you'll associate each card with a a visual object and so that you can train your brain to remember stuff. I'll, my point has nothing to do with that, but I think it's interesting how after a year of doing the podcast and after a year of the producer making me remember lots of stuff to say at once, you somehow get good at it. It's the only thing I'm good at. I'm not very good at anything else. Well, but it's it's I think it's it's shows the value of of grinding showing up there i mean you've other than the few times you were too drunk to podcast you've been here every week you show up every week you show up every time and you put in that effort and that's applicable to memory or trading or anything you know it's like you don't get 90 percent better in one day you get better one percent one percent one percent and then all of a sudden six months down the road you're 90 percent better so very applicable to trading as well I just wish it was with girls in Dayton. Like, I wish I could just be more engaging and handsome and slim. Well, the problem is you're ugly, Stephen. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, it's like, there's there's certain things you just can't overcome. But I mean, I mean, if I could have your body and you could have my haircut, then it would be win-win for both. I could use some more hair. So anyway, producer, first clip. So where did I get this idea of rating stocks from? I want to give you a little background so that you can really better understand my thinking. Uh, this is the Slim approach from William O'Neill. Again, he is founder of Investors Business Daily. He wrote the book, How to Make Money in Stocks, which is a great, great book. Um, and he values stocks mainly for investments, not definitely not day trading and not even really swing trading. Um, so this is his approach. These are the indicators that he thinks matters most. Uh, C stands for current quarterly earnings per share. Uh, they have had to have spiked big over the past year. Uh, A stands for annual earnings increase over the past few years. Uh, the N, excuse me, stands for uh, new products, new management, or new highs for the stock. Uh, the S stands for small supply of stock and great demand. Uh, L stands for leader stocks, not laggard stocks in an industry. The I stands for institutions are ideally invested in the company. And then M stands for uh, market overall direction. Um, But remember, he is holding stocks for several weeks, months, even years uh, to fit these qualifications. And frankly, it just hasn't been working the past few years uh, Investors Business Daily has actually recently changed from a daily newsletter to a weekly newsletter just to show you uh, how it's not really working as well as it once did. Actually, just real quick, producer, if you could, could you bring that slide back up as, as we talk about it? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I highly recommend um, the, the Can Slim methodology. It's something that I, uh, I read way back when. Um, if you go to Investors Business Daily, it's actually a great uh, newspaper. It's a little pricey. I think it's, I still subscribe. I've subscribed for 10 years. I mean, it might be 
40, 50 bucks a month for, for, for investors business daily, but it's a great newspaper. It's a great resource. And if you sign up for the little can slim thing, um, basically they probably don't do it in paper anymore. It's pretty cool. I still have, if I look, I probably have all of my little pamphlets for each letter in the can slim. Um, and again, in this day and age, I doubt they send them to you anymore, but it's a great way to learn a methodical and a, a process, a indicator based methodology. And when Sykes actually, I remember he was working on trader checklist, geez, probably three years ago. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to bring can slim to penny stocks. I immediately got excited because I was always attracted to can slim. I learned it. I studied it. And it's funny that you look at the can slim criteria on your screen. And again, if you're listening on YouTube, you can go to stay or on, on iTunes, sorry, you can go to steadytrade.com or you can go to our YouTube and you can see what we're talking about. But it's funny, the criteria on my swing trade worksheet from Stocks to Trade Pro, um, we look for earnings winners, which is basically the C. Um, we look for improving earnings, the A. We look for contract wins, announcements, uh, new products, the N. We look for small supply. One of the, We talk about low float stocks all the time on the podcast. What they're saying in, in, in CanSlim, small supply, low float. That means more potential to be dynamic. Leader in the stocks. Um, what we look for a little more is, is like the hot sectors, but it's a similar criteria. You're looking for, you know, Bitcoin stocks, marijuana stocks, stuff that's quote unquote hot. And that's kind of the same thing as the L. We don't really look at whether or not institutions are in these stocks because the thing, as we mentioned last episode, low price stocks, pretty much no institutions care about them. But then we do talk about the overall market direction. You know, we're not looking to buy breakouts in momentum stocks if the market's getting wrecked. We're not, you know, we're not looking to short low price momentum stocks with news if the market's in a big uptrend. So it's funny that Sykes has taken his inspiration. I've taken my inspiration from it. And, and we're looking for a lot of the criteria with just kind of slight tweaks. Tim? Yes. Tim, that was fucking beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, I really feel like I learned a lot because previously when I was looking at it, uh, I saw can slim and I just thought can be slim and I'm not. So... Let's just move on. To the yeah, next it's, 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 it's kind of like that, <laughs> that, that Herbalife subscription you're paying for. So. <laughs> I'm like, can't base them now. Or, 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 or the, co- the cookie diet. <laughs> or they just, the water, uh, there's the a water great, pasta hilarious pasta. movie. It's not a great movie. It's hilarious <laughs> that the movie was even made by bitter, uh, serious satellite radio shareholders who were angry that despite the popularity of serious satellite radio, their stock price would not go up. And they blame short sellers. They said it's a whole conspiracy. I mean, it's a whole movie based on ignorance. It is ridiculous. Uh, what is it called? Stock shock or something? Um, and I couldn't help but laugh like the whole time I saw it. Guys, Sirius Satellite Radio was not uh, some kind of uh, conspiracy by shorts. It was because the way that they made the freaking satellite radio is because they loaded up on debt. And the company has billions of shares outstanding. So it's very tough to value this company at tens or hundreds of billions of dollars when they're just not, frankly, worth it. So pay, pay very close attention to shares outstanding. 
mean, when I see this, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's basically supply and demand. And I also think back to the, the famous book about the tulips, where when it's in great demand, it's extremely valuable because there's limited quality, quantity. Uh, and I mean, I think Tim's kind of setting up one of the first indicators and one of the important things to always look for. And that's uh, shares outstanding and, and the float. Because if it's an extremely high float and there's not a lot of volume, there's not a lot of demand. Uh, and if it's a real low float and a high volume, there's, there's, it's something that you need to think about. Maybe you can explain it better. No, no I, yeah, no, I think well said, but he's pointing out two criteria here. Number one, it doesn't matter how much you believe in a company. If they're loaded yeah. down with debt and they're selling shares like crazy, that price is not going to go up. I mean, the problem with, and I never saw Stock Shock. Um, I'm familiar with it, but I never watched it. But the problem is, I mean, if you're going to shoot a bunch of billion dollar satellites into space and then you got to pay the manufacturers of cars to put these radios in, I mean, it's a very expensive business and you're trying to recoup it at nine bucks a month or whatever Sirius or XM were back at the time. It doesn't matter how much you love the product. You know, um, I'll pick on Warren Buffett a lot. I mean, Warren obviously had some benefits that a lot of us don't get, but you know, he'll tell you, buy the companies you believe in. But if it's serious, it doesn't matter how much you love the product. If they have billions of dollars in debt, bank debt, as well as selling shares like crazy, that stock won't go up because of the fact that it's, it's held down by the number of shares outstanding and the debt. And then you don't ever want to trade these stocks anyway, because as Steven said, if there's billions of shares outstanding, I think of the momentum, the number of buyers it yeah. takes to move that stock. You know, I talk about, you know, something like Sirius or, or billions of flow companies that aren't good companies either. I mean, it's different if it's Apple or something, but I always, I visualize Sisyphus trying to push this rock up a hill. And if it's a multi-billion dollar flow company and it's not a good company, you're going to push that rock up the hill about six feet and then it's going to roll back over you. So the point Sykes is making is focus on low float stocks, focus on mar low market cap stocks because they have the potential to move. I remember for like when Sykes made this three years ago, Sirius would move like two cents a day. It was like a $2 stock and it would go like 220 to 222 because of the size of the float. And, and can I just, can I just, uh stop you there and say, uh, other than a rubber duck that is buoyant in a warm bath, how would you describe float? So float is basically the freely tradable shares, the shares that aren't held by insiders, um, institutions, et cetera, like that. Those are the shares that are out there on the free market for me to buy, for Steven to buy, for you to buy. Those are the freely tradable shares in the market and classic supply and demand, you know, cold beer on a hot day, the, the less supply the and the higher the demand price goes up. If there's no demand, if, if, if they're expensive in my house, Tim, they're <laughs> expensive in my house because there's never any here. Exactly. Any here. <laughs> classic example. Because I, I drink them all. Yep. Steven's refrigerator <laughs> is a good, <laughs> example of Adam Smith's invisible hand. As soon as the okay. beers come in, they go in the fridge and within minutes they're gone. That is the invisible hand 
of the marketplace moving those beers into Stevens Gullet, which means they're always in hard demand, which means they're always high in price. Next clip. <laughs> I like that invisible hand analogy. Another influence uh, for my indicators is this man, Greg. He is the number one trader on Profitly. Uh, he now runs uh, some hedge funds, so he can't share as openly as he once did. He also spoke uh, at a few of my conferences over the past few years. But here is his Profitly chart of over $10 million in profits. You can see all of his trades, and he can't share, again, legally right now because of, you know, once you're a professional hedge fund manager or fund manager or analyst, once you're in the, the financial industry, they kind of clamp down on your freedom of speech. It stinks, but it's true. Uh, but the good news is you have nearly $11 million in profits to learn from him. And from what I understand, he's, he's closing in on $20 million now. So he's done well the past few years too. But this is just a good example. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, you might have seen his speech if you've been to my previous conferences or if you watch my How to Make Millions DVD. And in that DVD um, and in that video – he explains a few different setups. And I, I guess I'll include that video at the end of this uh, guide too, just so you can have some more background. But he breaks his potential trades into this star rating system where uh, a stock might be tradable if it's rated one star. Uh, it's, it might be a good trade if it's rated two stars. It might be a great trade setup if there's three stars. Then some trade setups are four stars. And then he also has the best of the best which are five-star trades. And I really liked uh, you know, him breaking it down into this rather than just buy, buy, hold, or sell, which is what most people want um, and what most people do on Wall Street. So, number one, uh, Greg must follow. Greg is a great guy. Um, Met him several times. I consider him a friend. Hopefully, hopefully it's reciprocal. Um, one interesting point is actually an STT Pro member has done exactly what Sykes suggests. You'll see he kind of drops it in, you know, mentions it, and then kind of moves on. Um, actually, Tango Baker is his screen name in STT Pro. He actually went back. I mean, this is all free. You can go to Profitly. You can look at Greg's trades, and, and that's kind of what uh, Sykes yeah. mentions. And Tango actually like looked at them on the chart, read the notes, and tried to, in essence, reverse engineer all of those $11 million in trades. And he told me it really helped him by doing that. Um, so I highly recommend it. It's a free source to learn from Greg. Those trades that are out there, even though, again, as Sykes mentioned, he doesn't share anymore. But then the other thing? that I will beat to death is notice the recurring trend, whether it's CanSlim, whether it's the Sykes sliding scale, whether it's an STT pro sheet, whether it's Greg's five-star methodology, there's a methodology behind this stuff. It's not just throwing paint at the wall and hoping something sticks. Yeah. And, and, and not just that, but I would, I would try your best to have your personal criteria that defines your methodology. So whether it's three stars, four stars, five stars, whether it's a numerical value up to a hundred or whether it's can slim, you really need to think, does this trade fit my criteria? Is it good trade? So if I'm going long, is it under 10 million float? If I'm going short, is it over 10 million float? 
if I'm going long, is the news legit? If I'm going short, is the news bogus? And based on how many ticks, building the case, Tim, <laughs> I've heard him say it more times than I've heard my mother say, I love you. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's probably greater than zero. And this is why I love losing money in the stock market and gaining weight. Do you love me now, mom? Mom! <laughs> <laughs> mom do you love me now do you love me now mom like i'm like yeah this is this is why i'm trying so hard in the advertising career i'm like I'm a, do you impress me i'm you impressed now mom <laughs> um but but that's the thing like you need to think like how many how many like i remember stephen duck said in the last conference he said you should never trade something with conflict and indicators and you saying stocks to trade pro you've got to build a case You've got to think how many positives do you have for your long case and how many negatives do you have? And do the positives drastically outweigh the negatives? Exactly. And if you've got all positive and no negatives, it's a five-star trade. If you've got mostly positives and a few negatives, it's a, it's a four or three-star trade. And if it's balanced, it's, it's conflicting and you shouldn't take it. Exactly. Yep. Look, I learned stuff. I've learned stuff from you. I'm, I just never follow the rules. I just it's, never, it's, do, it's, never do it in the action. Well, it's, never. And I, and I appreciate your learning, and that's why we're here. We're just, our goals for 2018 are the application of this. Just, just follow the rules. Just follow and, the rules. But I've known them for a while now, like, and I still don't do it. And <laughs> we, will get, we will get 1% closer with this next clip. And we'll get into my own ranking system in a little bit. I just wanted to make that point clear. Um, and in fact, I came up with a name for my own ranking system. You might laugh, but I take it seriously. I call it the site sliding scale, the SSS. And this is the logo that I designed. This is uh, logo number 27. I went through 27 <laughs> different um, <laughs> versions of it because again, as my really stock trade programmers say, I am Princess Tim and the princess must get his or her perfect logo. So this is my logo. This is what I, I've come up with. I don't have a fancy, crazy-sounding name like Canslim. Uh, my indicators line up to spell the word prepare, and I think that's fitting because that's what these indicators do for you. Um, the P stands for pattern and price. The R stands for risk-reward ratio. The E stands for ease of entry and exit. A lot of people don't think about this, but you might have the best trade in the world, but how easy is it to get in or out of the trade? Uh, the second P is for past performance and history of spiking, past performance of you know, volatility. I want stocks that move. I don't want to trade boring stocks. A, which is something that I guarantee you very few people think about before they put their hard-earned money to work. What time of day is it? When you're making the trade, what's your own personal schedule? Now, in my trade alerts, I include what I'm doing that day, where I am, because that influences my trading. Some people think that I'm just like trying to make small talk or make excuses. I think that it actually matters what you're doing, and we'll get into that, and it matters, you know, pretty important way. Uh, the second R is reason and catalyst. Why is the stock up or down? What is the reason? What's the catalyst behind the move? And then E uh, stands for market environment. Do you want to put it back just a little bit? And we'll, we'll play a game. We'll play a game. We'll play how well does Stephen know the prepare indicators? And Tim, you can be the judge and I will be the, the contestant. It's like who wants to be a millionaire? So P is 100 and then 1,000 and then 10,000, 100,000 and nearly a million. So for 
But pattern and price, uh, in relation to this, the pattern and the price is really in relation to, is, is it a pattern that's really working in the market right now? Is it a pattern that you're really familiar with? Are you getting a good price for that pattern? So if it's a multi-month breakout, has it broke out and then come back to the breakout level and you're buying it off that level? That's how I would regard pattern and price. In terms of risk-reward ratio, you've got to think, what is the potential that this stock can go? And what are you risking? So if you're buying it on the, on the breakout level and you're going long on a multi-month breakout, you're not risking a lot in the, in the potential. If it's a very volatile stock, it's very high. And you've got to think, well, what am I risking in terms of what will I get? Ease of entry and exit is simply... How liquid is the stock? How easy am I going to get in and out? Am I going to get stuck in the stock because it's not trading very many shares? Past performance and history of spiking big is something that Tim really kind of looks for when he's buying this first green day. He's thinking, has this gone on multi-runs in the past? Has it gone on big multi- Is it a big multi-day spiker? Has it proven that it can spike big in the past? And if it has in the past, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes, there's a chance it will happen again. What time of day is it? Never trade midday. If it's a multi-day breakout, but it's at 11.30, you're going to knock some points off the scale because it's not as likely to work out. But if it's first thing in the morning, you've got a much higher probability of it working. But also not just what time of day is it, but how does it relate to your personal schedule? Because if you're buying a multi-day breakout and then you're going to work, you're not going to be able to watch it. So you need to knock some points off on your personal schedule as well. The reason in the catalyst is is exactly... Uh, the more of a, a fundamental aspect is it is it, a, is it a strong catalyst? Is it a multi-billion-dollar deal with a, a very well-known brand, or does it look a little bit like things are being fudged and it's it's not actually a great great press release? And the market environment is more is the stock is the market very long biased? Is it very bullish? And if you buy in a multi-month breakout in a bullish market, then there's a chance it's going to work. If stocks are going to 100 percent. And the top percent gain has run and there's a chance it's going to spike. If everything's getting shorted out the open and nothing's really spiking, then it's not the best time to go long. So you need to take this into account as well. So how did I do? You don't have phrases. It's, 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 it's amazing, Stephen. It's almost like <laughs> you've almost been like studying this stuff for almost <laughs> two years now. Um, and I just know it. You, yep. And, 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 and as I mentioned a few months <laughs> or minutes ago, we just got to work on the execution, baby. So no, I say, I say next clip, you nailed it. And keep in mind, even Steven ran, ran through him very fast. He did a great job. Very well done. As much as it chaps my ass to camp compliment you very well done. And then you're the the dad I never had. I remember Steven, I love you, but I don't like you. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into each of these criteria in detail, but Steven nailed it. Great, great work. I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. And that's what I like. You know, the clearer, the more obvious the pattern, the more likely other traders will be interested in taking the exact same position. And as I'm hopefully going to teach you, with enough preparation, you can beat them to it by recognizing and spotting, oh, this is an intraday breakout. Oh, it's not just an intraday breakout. It's also a one-year, two-year, and five-year breakout. By looking at the past, guess what? You're better prepared. This is why I have so many video lessons. I'm basically a glorified history teacher. So, for example, if a stock is breaking out to new highs on the day, new highs on the month, and new highs on the year, it'll pop up on a ton of traders' technical scans. And all of those traders have been taught to buy breakouts, or most traders. Some traders are just like, ah, there's too many traders in this. I'm just going to go against the crowd. Well, 
guess what? Most traders like to buy breakouts. So they just need to be aware of this ticker, whatever it is in this hypothetical example, and then they might buy it. And if they might buy it, somebody else might buy it. And if somebody else might buy it, then somebody else and the whole trader mob might buy it. And that's what creates this self-fulfilling prophecy. Great, great point. And, and there's a reason now I, I can't necessarily peer into Sykes's brain, but there's a reason he started with this one. Because remember, we've talked about this. I've stolen the quote a million times. Only price pays. You know, there's a reason he starts out with price and pattern because that's what all the traders are looking for. That's what only price pays. Only that matters. And he mentions gimme charts. Why are they gimme charts? Because they repeat, they repeat, they repeat. And, you know, I agree with him. People will be like, oh, geez, you know, a stock that's up big on news that's spiking late day. That's such an easy setup. Yeah, no kidding. That's what we want. We want consistently repeatable stuff. And he makes a great point. I I use the analogy, you know, he mentioned self-fulfilling prophecy. I always look at these setups as, I don't know why this one sticks with me, but the, in World War Z, when the zombies are piling over the Jerusalem wall, I mean, that's what you get when you get these multiple time frame breakouts. When it's a 52-week breakout, a one-month breakout, a daily breakout, all these things line up, it's lighting up everybody's screens, and what is, you know, buying begets more buying, you know, as it as it, the volume comes in, as the price spikes, more traders come in and it's the zombies going over the wall. And that's what you want. I mean, if you can buy these late day breakouts or buy these late day breakdowns because they're gimme setups, especially if you're under the PDT, you know, if you get two or three of them a week, that's ideal. That's all you can trade anyway under the PDT. Yeah, and, and the only other thing to add there is the reason that the pattern and the price is so important and, and knowing that it's a, a, like not just a multi-day or a multi-week, but a multi-month or a multi-year breakout. It's, and, and the reason that you need to be prepared in terms of pattern is because, I mean, one, everyone, when it's on everyone's scanners, everyone's going to jump on it as soon as they see it. So if you're prepared, you're going to be the first one to act and you're going to get the best price. And the other thing is sometimes these stocks can kind of shake you out. So if you are very prepared and you know it's a good pattern, you might withstand getting shook out uh, with some of the volatility that comes with these stocks. And, and I think I think it's very interesting. It's very good that we've, we've got the first indicator under gun. Let's start again and you can wrap it up. That was a terrible, terrible finale. Under gun? Yeah, I did not give you that bullet point, Stephen. That's all on you. No, you didn't. And this, this is how it fucks up. But uh, and that wraps up the. the uh, we should just do bloopers. We should just do bloopers. Just so the listeners know, this is like our sixth attempt at Stephen's <laughs> closing statement. Now he's even infecting me. I can't even talk now. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to and, not. I'd like to not publish bloopers for a change. But <laughs> and, and, and 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 just to close out, our first sponsor of the Steady Trade Podcast, we have some no. fine no. coffee from Spinney's. It's Italian and dark. Hi, this is Aaron, aka Double A Ron, from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. <laughs>
That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. (laughs) Oh, 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 o